This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. All right. It is time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Monday. So the Falcon has landed in Falcon's in the house. Kevin Falcon, the new liberal leader, being sworn in today, right? Yeah, 1 o'clock in the Hall of Honor on the main floor of the B.C. legislature. Then he takes, he'll be sworn in by the clerk, Kate Ryan Lloyd. Uh, then he takes a seat in, in the House. He'll be introduced to the Speaker in the House by uh, Opposition House Leader Todd Stone. And then it's his first question period. Uh, what do you think he'll ask? I'll go out on a limb and say he's going <laughs> to talk about gas prices. And he's going <laughs> to throw John Horgan's comments, I think, last week, which I think are very controversial, uh, back at him, which is oh. expressing no sympathy for the plight of motorists uh, right facing gas bills. Basically, again, telling people find alternatives to driving. Don't drive if you don't have to. I really think that's what the biggest misstep uh, John Horgan's made since the beginning. Okay, well, let's listen to that. And, Tim, I'll play that first clip here. So this is John Horgan here and his latest advice to people on how to deal with sky-high gas prices. Have a listen to this. You can't solve that by just taking a penny or two here. You need to solve that by encouraging people to find other ways to move around, which they are doing. We will have measures to reduce costs for people. But right now, I encourage people to... Uh, Think before you hop in the car. Do you need to make that trip? Is there a way you can do it with a neighbor or uh, someone who's going by? Someone yeah. is going by? Wait, is what, you're supposed to go hitchhiking? Yeah, What's so going on? The issue for people is not pleasure driving. People can stop pleasure driving um, all they want. Uh, but it's do you require driving to work uh, if you don't have access to transit lines, which is many, many, many people fall into that category. Do you drive for a living? Yeah, um, truckers right now, if they're p- paying more uh, at the pump, it's going to be passed on to the consumers. That's going to affect the price of food and, and other uh, supplies and commodities. So it's, it is a complex issue, but I think Falcon is going to, again, raise the, play the card he played last week, which was a temporary reduction in the provincial taxes that go into uh, the, the price at the pump. So you've, right. got, you've got 11 cents a liter carbon tax. You've got, I think, eight cents a liter provincial excise tax. There's also this fuel standard regulation, which isn't a tax, but it does affect the price of gas, which is about 17 cents a liter. You've got the TransLink levy, which is 18 and a half cents. I don't, I think the argument may be made, you don't touch that because you still have to fund transit. But the provincial government has a fair amount of elbow room here. If they want to relax taxes for, a, again, a temporary period, uh, the argument is being made. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to hear Horgan put his foot in it again here on these gas prices because it wasn't that long ago that he had some other take, cock- take public transit yeah. if you can't afford to gas prices, take the bus. And he was widely ridiculed for that. And then he seemed to kind of avoid that. He didn't repeat it. And then he does it again. Like this one's almost even worse. Like don't drive at all or ask yeah, your ask your neighbor for And ironically, look. you know, when it comes to the driving issue, the NDP rode that issue to victory in 2017 because they got rid of the tolls on the Fraser River bridges, which was a direct um uh, gift to motorists. Yeah. I mean, it, it basically uh, got rid of $1500 worth of tolls for the average motorist in just one fell swoop. 
And and now, ironically, this issue seems to be bewitching the Democrats in well, a way that it didn't before. Speaking of a gift, I, th- I think in some ways it's a gift for Falcon, too, on his first day in the legislature. Oh, yeah, it's for sure. I'm, I'd be shocked if it's not his first question when he stands yeah. up. And Horgan will be in the House today. Uh, and it's going to be interesting. The, the fact that, uh, that liberals have finally turned the page, have a new leader, someone with experience, it does yeah. up the game here for them. And I think it's a turning point for the liberals. They still have a lot of work to do, you know, a lot of ground to, to regain here. The NDP, uh, the demographic, demographics have shifted in the NDP's favor in these riding rich areas in the suburbs of, of Metro Vancouver. And the liberals have to find a way to get those back. Okay. Let's listen to Falcon here. Now, here he is on gas prices and making the pitch for, as you said, a temporary tax cut on gases. Here's Falcon. Go look at Alberta. Jason Kenney did it. He reduced the gas taxes 13 cents a litre. There has not been. Uh, uh, none of the gas companies have now taken up that room. Yeah, so there he is pushing back on this. Well, if I cut the gas taxes, the gas companies just keep gouging you. Yeah, there was... A, the, the next day after Kenny uh, announced this, there was two stations in Lethbridge yeah. raised the price. And everybody went, oh, you know, Alberta's uh, just... The gas companies are doing exactly what was predicted. But to my knowledge, that hasn't happened anywhere oh. else. The 13 cents is gone, and it hasn't been replaced by the oil companies or the gasoline companies with a with a jack up in prices. I think heard Don McTague on NW yesterday. Uh, I think he said the price of gas in Calgary is 168. Oh my God! And you compare that to here it was 233 a liter here in yeah, Vancouver now. You know, I for the longest time filling up my car cost 70, 75, 80 bucks. Right. Did it last week, $145. And I'm lucky. Highest ever. You and I are lucky. We don't have to drive a lot. We live yeah. fairly close to where we work in yeah. the legislature. You live in Oak Bay. I live in Fairfield in Victoria. It's a, not a big commute. For no. Us. We're not spending a lot of time in the vehicle. Uh, but that's not the same for other people no. who face a long commute. They have to fill up their tanks much more regularly. They've got to take the kids to hockey. They got to take, you know, children's activities. Uh, you have to drive for work, uh, working purposes. So there's a lot of people with this. And is it, again, why, where this doesn't fit with the NDP philosophy is this is disproportionately a heavy penalty for low income people. It's yeah, not, you know, right. you, you, you earn a high enough wage. You don't care really. You're still going to drive the same. Yeah. If, you, if you're rich, why do you, you don't even care, do care what the price of gas is. Or if you're upper middle class. But if you're, yeah. if you're earning mi- minimum wage or barely scraping by a little beyond that, when most of your pay right now goes to your rent for right. so many people is the housing costs are huge. You throw on fuel costs on top of that. It's a it's a bit of a killer for low income people. Right, it's a totally regressive price hike totally that regressive. really slams poor people that this government should be standing up for. That's why I thought it was so tone deaf mm-hmm. by Horgan to double down on this kind of stuff on gas prices. Like, yeah, ask your neighbor or t- you know carpool or don't drive. Like, come on. No, that uh, it'll be interesting whether they revisit this in the weeks ahead. Whether the the he has in the same news conference he did say they're looking at measures to uh, deal with inflation. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what that, those measures are going to be. I don't think it's just going to be another rebate check, but we'll see if they relax. Yeah, the they have dropped a few hints that maybe something else is coming in terms of yeah. relief, right? But no specifics. Yeah. But saying there is going to be some relief dealing with inflation, um, which is you know five, six, seven percent a year right now. Let me ask you about this head scratcher of an an announcement. I thought to tear down the Royal BC Museum in Victoria. This came out of the blue. And replace it with a new museum. $789 million for a new museum, and it's not going to open for eight years. Yeah, what, so what is going on with that? Why are they doing that? This is a complete mystery. This came out of the blue. Well, you go back a few months, they got rid of Old Town because of the colonialist uh, 
uh, roots associated old, with okay, it. Okay, just to set that up for the listeners, so Old Town was a popular exhibit in the museum, and it was kind of a recreation of like a like a gold rush town or yeah, something. Yeah, like Main Street. Yeah, there was like, a hotel. Yeah. There was yeah. a, a bar. There was a barber shop. There yeah. was a. Um, a, a horse. There was a mining place for mining. Blacksmith. Blacksmith. Yeah. Uh, the old Chinatown in Victoria. And it was basically a, for the longest time, the museum was the biggest childcare center in Victoria because you could just drop your kids off there and they'd run around for, for free. <laughs> well, um, you get an annual pass. You get an annual pass and, yeah. and you drop know, your kid it off. It was there. very cheap. Now, yeah. Those days are long ago. Is that but, what you used to do with your kids? Oh, well, for sure. Okay. For sure. They grew up in Old Town. And, and the dioramas of, of the natural, um, history display. The woolly mammoth, very yeah, woolly famous. Mammoth. Yeah. Um, but again, so it started with getting rid of Old Town, and yeah. then they sort of softened that a bit, but maybe we'll rethink that. And out of the blue, announcing they're going to tear down the museum and not rebuild it for eight years. Uh, it's Again, no business plan has been provided, no timeline, no specifics. It's just that it's going to be gone as of September. It'll be closed. The IMAX theater will remain open for another year, but the museum itself is going to be torn down. The archives are going to be moved, which is makes sense. The archives right now is... Uh, John Horgan said last week, are seven feet under sea level. You don't want your documents in that situation. They're going to be moved out to Colwood, which is a suburb. But no explanation why it's going to cost $800 million and take eight years to replace arguably the most iconic place in Victoria next to the legislature. So you're going to remove a major tourist draw Huge in tourist Victoria draw. for eight years and spend almost $800 million. And, Like I just don't get that. And no ex- explanation. At all. Well, they well they also said that we're going to work with First Nations, right? Oh, this is going to be an inclusive. This is going to uh, very much a partnership with First Nations. This is going to be yeah. very much a First Nations um, uh, emphasis in the new museum. What, but no, which I think is okay, but you know, like great. you said, where's the business where's plan? Where's the business Show me plan? The, where's the it? details? Where's yeah. the timeline? Why is it going to take eight years? Why is it going to cost eight hundred million dollars? What was that museum they built in Alberta that we were talking about off air there? I think it, yeah, I think it was in Edmonton. I think it took three years to replace that one. To repl- uh, three years to build a new museum in Alberta, but eight years here. So we're gonna be, uh, like it's it's not gonna take eight years to build the Broadway subway or <laughs> or the Surrey or the Surrey uh, Skytrain extension to Langley. Uh, things are built all the time in a timely fashion. Why it's gonna take eight years? No explanation. Yeah. And that's a boy, that's a heck of a price tag too. Eight hundred million for a museum. Buck. Yeah. Okay. Phone me on that and tell me what you think about that t- uh, tearing down the existing Royal BC Museum. It sure will not be called the Royal BC Museum when they build a new oh, one. I, Melanie Mark was asked that. Yeah. Uh, the tourism ministry was asked that, and she said there's going to be consultations. But you can be sure that we're going to drop the royal name. Oh yeah, they won't have royal in there. No, no. way. All right. Welcome back, Baldry's Beat. Phone lines are open. Lots of calls. Ed in South Surrey. Hi, Ed. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. On this rebate that Alberta's giving at $0.13 cents a liter, I mean, this is a bit of a joke. First of all, I don't want to give a rebate to trucks that are using it for their business because they can write it off anyway. But, I mean, at $0.13 cents a liter, an average 60 liters for the tank, I mean, it's $7.80 a week times four, 30 bucks a month. I mean, you're, only, you're looking at like $360 a year max. I mean, what, what's the major well. cost? Depends on how much you drive, but anyway, Keith. Yeah, it depends on how much you drive. There's a lot of people in Metro Vancouver have very long commutes, oh, uh, yeah. and they're filling up their tanks quite quite often. Uh, Mike and I were just talking off air. We're lucky we don't have long commutes. Yeah. I mean, Mike's got an eight minute commute. I think I've got a, <laughs> a seven minute commute. But there are people. I've got colleagues at Global have a ninety minute commute uh, uh, both ways, and they're filling up their tanks quite a bit. So it's more than you think. In thirteen cents a liter. Is not a huge amount of money, but the pro- province right now has control over a minimum of 20 to 25 cents of taxation uh, in your uh, fuel price right now. 
And if the call, the suggestion is a temporary relief. And for some people, you know, um, 30 bucks or 120 bucks a month is a big deal. Yeah. Let's go to Diane in Vancouver. Hi, Diane. Hello. I would just like to say, um, Horgan's attitude is like Marie Antoinette, let them eat cake. However, we can't even afford crumbs of bread. So these gas prices are also affecting the price of our grocery bills. And so truckers and farmers should be getting a break. And that museum, you don't need to spend that much money on a museum. Give it to the health care system. Oh, gosh, don't we have a problem there? Okay, Diane, thank you for the call. Yes, <laughs> I've heard the comments like this uh, quite regularly. So, again, on the museum, a lot of people have framed the museum spending decision against um, the need for spending more money in healthcare, sure. uh, more family doctors. You yeah, know, p- pick a cause, pick an issue. Right, you can contrast eight hundred million dollars for a museum against any particular issue you want, and I think you're going to hear a lot of that in the. In I the mean, time. you've got a construction industry right now that's crying out for labor too, and now you're going to start this big government program that you know taking up workers that could. Be working in other projects that maybe are higher priority. It is going to be well. It is, it is going to be a job creation vehicle, no question. Yeah. Um, whether it's competing with other capital projects in the capital, I'm, I'm not entirely. But I'm sure. hearing I'm hearing that a lot too. Are you kidding me? Seven hundred eighty million bucks for a museum. Spend is, it on spend it on healthcare. Which is, we got an opioid crisis. We which got homelessness. Is why the government I think it's imperative they explain themselves and yeah. provide some details to back up this price tag and to back up this construction schedule, which is extraordinary. James in White Rock. Hi, James. Go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I'd just like to thank the Premier. I just had a young guy who is in construction and he can't get to the sites because transit doesn't come here. And he told me this morning that he's going to have to leave his job because he can't afford gas to come to work anymore. Yeah. He's so taking the Premier. John. He's taking the Premier's advice on that, is he? There's a lot of people. Well, he who, didn't. Torgan didn't advise him to quit his job. No, but there's a lot of people who cannot take transit to their jobs. If, if you, again, there's, there's, you know, I've got. Experience in my family of going, kids going to UBC, for example, you can't get on a UBC bus going west because if you're there in Kitsilano, oftentimes because it's filled to capacity by the time it hits Granville, uh, so they have to actually go east to get on the bus to come west, and that's just university students. You start multiplying that to other situations. People cannot necessarily take transit. Yeah, they don't. It's not an option. Fashion. It's not right. an option. Aaron in Vancouver. Hi, Aaron. Go ahead. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah, um, I guess I'm one of those, you know, I, I come home at midnight from my work. Good luck trying to get me rapid transit. But uh, the thing I'm going to say is this. Um, I got a long memory. I remember Jeff Meggs in Vancouver and the way in which uh, he advised the mayor and the way in which they hated the car. Now he's advising Premier Horrigan. So you can forget about having any kind of decent rebate on the, ta- on the taxes for, uh, for fuel. Of, of any kind. He hates cars. If he could get bicycles anywhere, that's what he'll want because that's the kind of person he is. He was like okay. that at UBC as well. Thanks. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I don't see no evidence that... Jeff, Jeff Meggs is a senior advisor to the Premier. Chief, Chief right? of Staff to yeah. John Horgan yeah. um, and has been for almost five years. So, But again, I'm not sure I agree with the caller on that uh, aspect. I, I don't think the NDP is in favor of... of Going the extra. I heard your conversation with Brad West and the professor earlier. Yeah, there's no evidence this government wants to drive the price of carbon tax through the roof, as a number of environmental activists are, are wanting, because it went up one cent 
a year, which is not a huge increase. Okay. We, when will Kevin Falcon be sworn in as the new leader here? One o'clock today in the Hall okay. of Honor takes uh, place, uh, his seat in the House at uh, a little after one thirty when the House convenes. The question period follows that. We'll have question period live on BC1. And you predict his first question will be about gas, gas prices. prices. Okay. We'll see if you're right. I think you might be right there. All right. <laughs> Thanks for coming All in. Right.